Hi, and welcome to HyperTalks. Uh, today, it's me, Chris, again, as your host. And with me as a co-host, I've got Carl. Hello. And our guest of the day is Jenny Tulin, um, creative director at Studio Tulin, and program manager here at Hyper Island at times, and lecturer, speaker, producer, curator, a bit of everything. A creative <laughs> in many fields, <laughs> I'd assume. I am. That's why I don't have business cards. Yeah. Too many titles. Too many titles. Too many titles for different things. You hand them A4s instead. Yes. yes. <laughs> cool. Or I just say, well, what do you want me to be? So, um, well, we got check-ins as normal. So I thought we would check in with um, what song are you craving right now or is like constantly in your playlist at the moment? Is there one of those specific ones? I have a song, it's called uh, Remedy by a guy called Maverick. It's like a mix in between pop and trap and a little bit of everything. It's a Swedish guy from Gothenburg. Cool. um, I'm I'm quite old school in my music taste and I did some work recently for um, within sort of Progressive House, which I'm slightly allergic to, so I've gone back to uh, Leonard Skinner at the moment, <laughs> <laughs> and um, we'd listen to a bit of Freebird to sort Classic. of get me back in uh, in check. Sounds good. Check it in. And uh, my girlfriend just got tickets to Frank Turner, um, so I've been trying to catch up on him, um, and the song has been Recovery. It's the one I've been stuck on right now. Check in. Um, so yeah, you just said that there are so many titles you could have. Um, yes. Let's dig in on like where did you start and where where do you think you? How did you get into the? Well, the the beginnings were simpler. Um, I started off uh, studying in London, and I did a course that was split between design and design management. Uh, with a view of finding some sort of niche. Uh, and I ended up, uh, started off in branding, in brand identity, working as a graphic designer. Uh, and I worked at Interbrand as my first gig, and that kind of set up, well, opened all the doors, really. Um, big branding consultancy in the UK. And, uh, and that's where I started. Uh, graphic design, design to the core, thought I was going to be a great graphic designer mm-hmm. uh, until probably about eight years afterwards or eight years in um, my body decided I wasn't allowed to be right. and um, I got work-related upper limb disorder which is a repetitive strain injury and I had to step away from the computer uh, and this forced me to uh, look at my career once more look at how I could take what I have done and transform it into something else. Uh, And it also taught me how I can, well, actually how I can use what I've done for a different purpose and finding that purpose. So over nine months, uh, I was on sick leave. uh, And during this time, I sort of reworked my, my process. And a lot of it was process, 
because I couldn't jump on a computer straight away to start working. I had to have an idea, strategy, thought behind it. Um, so I just learned to work in a different way and take my portfolio and, and, and turn it upside down and started working with creation and concept development okay. uh, instead. Um, and that continued uh, for a while. I worked in advertising. And then I jumped uh, into experiences. Um, I got into the frame of mind of being sick of uh, constantly working with computers. Mm -hmm. and I wanted to work with people. What's experiences and what do you uh, Well, I spent more time on the computer than with the people I were, was designing for. Okay. Um, I spent more time at my desk designing for things that are meant to be seen outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, for health reasons, um, it just, it's something that, it, it can hit you in different ways, it doesn't have to be physical, but, but the connectivity was something that I was struggling with being completely OCD and manic about it. Mm. Um, because as a designer, you, you well, many designers who are successful are successful because they are completely obsessed about it mm -hmm. and they work constantly and they don't take breaks and they don't go for lunch because they love what they do so they just yeah, continue yes. and then they go home I'm talking about myself when I say <laughs> they then they go home <laughs> and uh, and design wedding invites or band logos <laughs> or whatever else uh, your friends are throwing at you so but I mean with like greatness you need a bit of madness I think in that way you oh absolutely kind of with stuff, yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah. Um, but you just have to start to manage Manage it in a way that it becomes a lifestyle, not a job. Yeah. Because then, then you can work when you want to work, mm -hmm. and you can um, choose your projects based on how much passion you have to throw in. Mm. So that, that's what I did. Started my own company, um, and took a lot of sort of my digital life and made it more analog um, by taking design and putting it in front of people's physical eyes instead of on a machine mm. uh, and then I jumped into education as well and that was a little bit by fluke oh. um, I took a part-time job as a graphic design teacher if you can't do teach <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a technical course as yeah. well so that was quite cool how you know finally I could understand why I was doing certain things because mm. I I'm self-taught pretty much in, in on the technical side of things because yeah. as soon as I graduated all the software was different you know, I had to change straight away. So, um, so that was quite nice to kind of reevaluate where the principles come from. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then I, I started talking more um, with people and talking more at events and um, went to all these networking things, started setting up networking things and, and basically made my career into working with people and not computers. So how much do you sit in front of a computer today? I think compared to back then? At least half. Yeah, or more. Yeah. Um, I tend to do more stuff in person, more stuff over the phone, or even over Hangout, mm. um, and a lot less computer-driven. And because I can set my own schedule, I work extremely flexibly, so I can go, do you know what? Fudge this. Yeah. I'm going to take three hours and not... And not sit at my computer and I, I can revisit it later on so I can manage my own sort of physical ailments. Mm. 
Um, I don't have someone saying you have, you know, in my previous experience, it was very often if you're employed by an agency and you're not sitting at your computer, you're not working. No. So it's the attitude and it's kind of the behavioral shift. And when I jumped into advertising, fortunately, I had creative directors who were like, do you know what? Here's a gym pass. You can go swim whenever you like, because we know that most ideas come, you know in the pool anyway <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and you know I was worried because I, I had this um, my taste was still there but I couldn't physically produce stuff mm. to the same level as I used to so trying to learn how to take a step back as well is really really difficult mm-hmm. um, and trusting other people to create your ideas to the standard of what you want them to be regardless if you can achieve that yourself or not yeah. But it's, yeah, it's just kind of letting go a little bit. Is that like something a lot of creatives need, do you think? That kind of finding your own balance and finding what was important, what is not, how much can you do? Definitely. I think being a creative in in all sense of the word is the best job in the world. So, and especially um, with my background in design, I remember uh, one time I had a colleague who's a designer, senior designer. And he was the grumpiest person I've ever met. And he was complaining all the time. Complaining on the clients, complaining on the design work, complaining on the typeface, complaining on the kerning, complaining about everything. Um, and I asked him one day, I said, uh, hey, do you, do you think you're a good designer? Mm. And he went, yeah, I'm a really good designer. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't think so. He got really angry. But eventually he asked me why. Uh-huh. And I said, well, you clearly not designed your life yeah. the way you want it. If you don't like this job, you should go find a new one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it kind of clicked. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that is really important, especially in the creative industries. I mean, if there's anyone who can design your life, your, mm-hmm. your own life, yeah. how you want it to be, it's a creative. Mm. Um, or maybe a project manager. <laughs> or maybe a mix of <laughs> Or a strategist. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's, it's an opp- there's an opportunity there that you don't have in some of the more sort of traditional jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we need to embrace that. I think that is important. Like for me, that is the journey I've been having lately, is trying to redesign my life. But also, I've picked the chance of being able to rebrand myself. Mm-hmm. And we had a um, lecture with you on personal branding. and. Uh, like we were before we started this episode, we were discussing a bit uh, about rebranding or branding a new career. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What do you? Well, I would firstly say that your portfolio is always work in progress. Mm-hmm. It is never ever going to be final. Um, I've met a lot of people who stall um, putting themselves out there because their website isn't finished yet, mm-hmm. or. You know, they haven't decided on what they want to do mm. in their career. And I would just say that if you even can find the, the smallest sprinkle of um, passion into something to just go and test it and uh, and use your experience to prototype the new you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had to do this when I went from designer to creative director. Yeah. Um, but I also had to do it moving to Sweden because it's a completely different marketplace. And uh, and I think, you know, as long as your focus is, A, what you want to be doing, not what you've done previously, because mm. you can get stuck in this, that sort of rut. And if that's presented in a finite way, 
then everyone you see will think that that's what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a in a, a moment in your career where, well, actually, I want to try different things, different new things, then you need to show in some way what those things could be. And that could be through a form of, uh, it could be anything from blog posts, it could be doing a podcast, it mm-hmm. could be doing sort of anything that lies in what you want to be doing. Um, and also from sort of an employer's point of view. So I recruit collaborators all the time and I am less interested in what they've done previously because I don't want to do anything that they've done before. Really, I don't want to do anything I've done before. So it kind of makes it more abundant. And when they come with their portfolios, you know, I, I ask them, well, A, what do you, what will you like to do from now on? What's your sort of goal in your career? Um, but also, well, what do you want to do with me? Like, why are you here? Is it just to show how talented you are? Because then that's absolutely great, but it's got not much relevance uh, to me mm. in a practical more, sense. It's more this passion rather than a skill. Mm. It's the passion. Yeah. It's the passion-driven work. And it's the, um, like, I'd rather see something that angers me in someone's portfolio than another press ad. Mm. I mean, that that's like just gun to my face um <laughs> you know i'd rather like be shocked or scared or uh, you know think that it's absurd or not agree with it mm-hmm. and we can actually have a debate about the work mm-hmm. then going oh that's nice oh isn't that nice that's the worst, <laughs> worst word ever that's nice I can't oh it's it so all. nice <laughs> yeah because yeah why <laughs> yeah nice is a horrible word there's yeah. always a better word than nice yes yes um, so yeah, I mean, personal branding, it's, it's more or less why you do what you do, mm-hmm. uh, not the what. Um, and the people that I end up working with, we've got very uh, close-knitted uh, values, um, are sort of, uh, yeah, I think values is actually really, really important because you need to believe that what you produce, A, has a value to somebody else, but also that you value each other's contribution because otherwise you have all sorts of mistrusts, um, arguments. Um, you know, it's it's difficult to find your perfect collaborator. Um, but if, yeah, yeah, it's just sharing mindsets, really. Mm, yeah. And you can achieve greatness. Cool. All right. Um, we're just going to go over to a little break. And we'll be right back. Like I do a, a thing called uh, Creative Breakfast, mm-hmm. where it started off in London. I was invited to one, uh, and what it is is a small group of people. Uh, started off as two, uh, we invited one person each. They invited one person each, and now I think we're a total of eight, um, who meet for breakfast once a month at like eight o'clock, and just yeah, and that that's kind of our forum for. Um, when our case we're all relatively independent mm-hmm. um, we all are relatively lonely because we don't have all the colleagues and the buzz all yeah. the time uh, or it's things where yeah you know they someone might run an agency and have these issues that they can't talk to anyone about um, because either people at that workplace are too close to it mm. or it's a, an NDA thing and you know what happens at breakfast club stays at breakfast club so it's a little trusted network thing and we've got a website for it um 
which we've designed to help other people start their own. Okay. Uh, because as anywhere, personal recommendations, they're yeah, the thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so I do that to meet new people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just put yourself in an environment of the types of people you want to work with. Or like if you've got this dream of becoming you know, whatever it is, just say a graphic designer for, for argument's sake, hang out with the kind of work that you want to be doing. Mm, yeah. um, and if, it's, if you're in a, a place where you want to find a new job, you need to network to find that new job. Find the type of projects that they, that you want to do first, and then you find out who does them mm. and at what companies. Because what people tend to do wrong is they go straight for the company mm-hmm. and for like the creative director, yeah. who sometimes has nothing to do with the project. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like finding finding the, the concrete stuff mm-hmm. and then make friends with them. Um, that's what I would suggest in networking wise. But if you would have moved to London, for instance, uh, like tomorrow, and you had no contacts there, what would be your first first way of getting in, in contact with people? Uh, I would go to Glug, which is... They've actually trademarked not working. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, they haven't trademarked. I don't think, actually. Well, we have a TM on it. Um, <laughs> so I've been uh, an organizer for Glug as well, but that's probably the biggest networking event. Um, that's there. Uh, there's there are so many things to do in London and places to be, and if you know the areas as well. So if you know, um, if you want to work for a design agency, go to any pub in Farringdon, and there'll be designers there. And be um, non-Swedish. Talk to people. Talk and talk to people. <laughs> no, be, no, I have no. I've played up. I've been the Swedish designer in Sweden. People love Swedes internationally. Uh, so much so, actually, I, when I got my iPad, I was at work, and my managing director walked past, and I said, hey, Simon, um, I get a free engraving to put on the back of my iPad. <laughs> what shall I write? Mm. And he just looks at me and goes, blonde Swede, big glasses. And that became my trademark <laughs> for ages. <laughs> so that, no, that's cool. Like, yeah, be non-Swedish. <laughs> be a non-Swedish Swede uh, really helps. Uh, but other than that, I mean, yeah, there's plenty of ways. I've had people come over when I when I lived there, um, asking for help, uh, various ways. Mm. And I think you just you just introduce them to people. There's mm. something I've noticed, like um, as as I freelanced, and the the culture a lot, at least among for me, I was working as a photographer. It kind of gets a bit lonely. Collaboration is like an unknown word. Um, no matter how much I tr- like, kind of networked and tried to get collaborators, it's uh, it, there is a hurdle mm. to try and pass. Um, do you think it's like it's a necessity today to actually collaborate? It seems like it's trending towards more and more collaborations, but still, slowly, the engine isn't really going yet. I disagree. Yeah, yeah. I think in Sweden, perhaps it's only now blossoming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I set up Soapbox and Sons now three years ago. And then I felt like I was one of the first because I really believed that to do the best work, you have to work with the best people. Mm. And I was really tired of when you have big agencies, it's kind of whoever is free does the job. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. Or, you know, me sitting, um, getting a brief to do illustration. And I'm like, but I'm not an illustrator. 
Mm. And they're like, well, you know it, you know Illustrator, so mm. you know, just knock something up. <laughs> just like, no. Um, that's why I started collaborating. And and in fact, a couple of the people that I work with now are the same people mm-hmm. that I that I started working with then. Um, but then I think also to keep on your toes and to keep with trends, you need to work with different people. You know, you can't because if you just stick with the same group, it's the same thing, really. Yeah. You only take work which the same group wants to work on. Yeah. Um, and I think which is evident now with the um, the launch of Design Sweden mm-hmm. is that uh, experts coming together to do a job, not only have they got the skill sets required, but they share the same values. So what is the design Sweden? Go design Design Sweden. Um, so it used to be called uh, Sveriges Designer, which is basically the association for Swedish designers. Mm. Uh, it was um, it's been around since 1957. Okay. Uh, you know, I had people like Banalot as mm. uh, as an honorary member and stuff. Um, but it uh, it was becoming a bit tired, uh, so they uh, set a new board last year and I was brought in as a board member uh, and tasked to basically rebrand it. Mm. So what we've done is we've uh, changed the name to Design Sweden because those are the two things that we do. Um, Opened it up to be international uh, and in English Mm. because it's not about being a Swedish designer, it's about designing with Sweden in whatever capacity. So you could you could be a Brazilian working in Sweden, or you could be a Swede working in New York. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a supportive network and uh, organization, non for profit organization that helps uh, and makes life easier for the individual designer. Okay. So by doing this rebrand as a collaboration, um, you know the people that we're working with are all very prolific in their own fields. Uh, like we've got a guy called Jaran Söderström who has a company called Letters from Sweden. He's one of the only type designers uh, in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. And he's, you know, he's drawing an entire um, typeface for us uh, for Design Sweden. So it's kind of showing by example of you, you get the right team and you can have not only a lot of fun, but your expectations and in terms of team development you're you're kind of skipping a lot of the first steps because you can see how they are as a person but also what how they work whether you share the same values and i know i go back Mm -hmm. to values all the time but i find it extremely important especially if you do pro bono work yeah because if you're not paying huge sums of money you still need to be on the same page and have the same passion absolutely because that, I mean, the worst thing is like if you yourself are extremely passionate about something, uh, obsessively passionate about it, you you don't care you're working for free or like you don't care, you just want to do it, yeah. and you get people together and they're really excited and then after like a couple of weeks they just kind of drop off a bit or go like oh I don't have time, yeah. that is really horrible because then you're just like you know why 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 aren't they excited <laughs> like I <laughs> am. <laughs> Um, so it's yeah, it's curating correctly. Mm. And curation is something you've been also been doing for a while. Now. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I would say I'm more of a creative curator than a creative director. Yeah. Um, I don't direct people. I um, I curate them, uh, and in more sort of traditional sense of the word, yeah, I do exhibitions. Um, 
it's gone from curation to more production because um, I work a lot with photography. Mm. Um, I'm now working with uh, WaterAid UK and H&M Conscious Foundation okay. and we're doing a big exhibition in August in what? Stockholm. In Stockholm. Mm. Yep. Um, and I work with a lot of individual uh, photographers as well who are you know, creating concepts to strengthen their portfolios or to get exposure. Um, by really sort of showing what they're made of, which is a lot of fun. But yeah, it's curating, and I think that that uh, is coming back to the thing called taste. Mm -hmm. And it's if you surround yourself with the type of people that you admire, you will be known for someone in that field. Mm. You know, the, the amount of times people have contacted me and said, oh, you work at Hyper Island, you must be an expert in digital. It's like, mm. well, yeah. sort of. <laughs> I know a lot of people who are. <laughs> um, or, uh, you know, or like I did a big exhibition on um, Comic Sans, the typeface, yeah. you know, and I've had people contact me about that. Oh, you know, like, oh, you're really into typography. You're an expert type. I'm like, well, that's partly true, yeah. but I don't work as a typographer. <laughs> but, um, so I think that is important. Is to, yeah, if you don't have opportunities to, to do stuff with the um, industries or the, the disciplines that you want to work in, you surround yourself with the people that are doing that and you curate them and you help them and you write articles and you write opinion pieces and mm. you just immerse yourself into those worlds and sooner or later you're in it mm. somehow. That sounds exciting. Yeah. yeah. And you know a little about a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I do, I suppose. So what do you think, like, the future of, uh, well, because uh, our podcast is usually we talk a lot about the digital sphere, but it seems like you're just stepping back away from that. Do you think it's something you can still kind of balance out, or is it going to, is the digital sphere going to start grasping onto you? I mean, if you're looking at VR and such, and, and exhibitions, is going to go over to that, or is it going to be? Um, to be frank, I don't, I don't see much of an extension, ex what's the word, not extension, uh, distinction mm. anymore. Yeah. Um, digital is part of everything that we do. Uh, digital is part of all the exhibitions I do too. Um, it's more the relationship we have with it mm -hmm. uh, that I'm stepping back from. It's the actually sitting there and, and programming stuff or designing stuff. It's the yeah, it's the physical process that I'm stepping back from. I'm not stepping back from um, integrating digital into my work because again, yeah, I think it's a given nowadays um, I was really scared as a junior graphic designer about digital you know someone asked you know someone asked like, well how does that identity work in an email I'm like I don't know <laughs> um, whereas now that's just an obvious thing that you just you know and you know how to design it um, it's part of your your thing I loved I saw a post on LinkedIn the other day um, Microsoft not to bash on them or anything but they just posted a study on that's the like the number i think it was the second most thing that was written on a cv for a boss was microsoft word and that just like blew my mind like i saw what, you commented what? on that <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I, I was speechless i was like well that that's Sorry. kind of it's like saying everybody has to learn how to write or something like that <laughs> i just found that ridiculous but apparently like that. that is true I might put yeah. that in. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, before you always had like on your CV, you always had like an ICT section, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Where it said that you knew PowerPoint and all the rest yeah. of it. Now it's like if you don't, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that there's plenty fun ahead. Um, you know, the, the I was talking about the VR and, and kind of Oculus Rift with um, with Mother Half, who's an interaction designer, you know, and he's saying, that's the future, we need to buy one. Um, I'm like, yeah, 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 maybe we buy food first. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's, there's a whole bunch of trends ahead. Um, my concern is that, especially in Stockholm, is we are so wrapped up in the startup world that uh, I think the craft um, is kind of falling at the sidelines because you tend to do a, an extremely well-produced MVP or you know just mm. enough to get this funding and these companies get masses amount of funding mm. but the the design stays in startup land mm. because to them that's a success you know mm. they've got the funding they can do the projects they've got a brand let's go but they don't they don't evolve that side or take another look at that side so i'm i'm more concerned about sort of the the progression and the maintaining of standard mm. um, through all the uh, post-typing stages. Um, because I'm a fan of minimal and I'm a fan of rough and ready, but mm. I think that there needs to be an extra eye on it. Because mm. otherwise we're just going to end up with um, a world of, yeah, fine, great ideas and businesses, but everything will look like shit. Mm. Um, so that's my only concern, really, um, from a design perspective. But yeah, I mean, I think it's integrated to everything that we do now. Even in personal branding, you know, mm. if you don't have some kind of website or something, you know, you don't exist. Yeah. Um, which is a shame. Although one of my designers who I work with a lot, he's a he's been in the business for about twenty years now. He still does not have a portfolio online, and he is like the best branding designer I know. So How it's kind of huh? does he like send his portfolios? Yeah, he, he does, still does does that. He still the does that. Form. Yeah, that is cool. But you know, if you've if you've started up and run two agencies, and it's not you know he he struggles to he needs to say no all the time now. Mm. You know he's always got work. Yeah. He doesn't have to. You know it's not like someone new. Um, but yeah, so you know I think there might be an influx of of people starting to detox as well, yeah. like social media. I think it's uh, yeah it's. Something's gonna burst, I think. Don't know what yet, but something is gonna happen that's <laughs> gonna change everything forever. <laughs> Definitely. I was thinking of that we, we laughed about the thing and having word on your CV, and we also talked a lot about values. Yeah. What do you think would be like a good thing to have on your CV if you want to work in on agencies and such in the future? Good thing to have in your CV. Um, For people who want to go into the agency world. I I would say not practical things but I'm thinking more content mm. um, I would say at least a few projects where you really show that you give a damn because things like sustainability um, uh, I mean there's so many ethical issues now especially in the world of data mm. um, I think as long as you can that you show that you have your own principles and that you stick with them as well. Mm. Because, you know, I'm 
I've got pet hate of, and there's something happening in Sweden all the time, and I see it with friends um, where they have they have to do tests to get in to companies, mm-hmm. okay, and yeah. it's just like Jesus, <laughs> isn't your however many years experience your portfolio and your like recommendations from other people enough? Like, do you have to do free work? That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that a lot of it needs to land on the employer to maybe have a bit more trust in the new workforce. Yeah. But from a CE perspective, um, I like to see sample pages. So there's the CV part, and I'm you know I don't care if it's if this your CV is twenty pages long. Um, I remember before it's like oh it has to be only one page. It's like no, um, <laughs> as long as it, com- it communicates right. So you know I would say um, highlight your recent achievements yeah. and even personal stuff. Because that's nothing like, oh, don't put your personal activities on there. Although I once helped a person who actually put hobbies, going to the pub and socializing with friends. <laughs> cannot put that on there. But then a few days later, I went for an interview at an agency. And before, and I was offered the job. And I said, I'm not going to sign this until I've been out with you oh, after sorry. work. Mm. So I went out with them after work. It was Friday, drinks. Uh, and then I signed because that culture is so extremely important to me. Mm-hmm. And then that became a thing for all the new people who came in. They were invited to hang out with us. Oh, cool. Oh. Um, so, you know, in certain instances it works. <laughs> in certain instances it doesn't. But I think that's like, that's really important compatibility. I mean, if you can yeah. hang out with people or not, yeah. sure, we can all be professional in one way, but it doesn't make it fun. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, we were in a fun industry. It's supposed to be fun. We yeah. play with colors and form all the time yeah. Um, yeah. and come up with wacky ideas and ultimately to sell a bunch of stuff, probably. <laughs> 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 but we can have fun in the process. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, to the answer, I think it's just kind of recent recent things that you've done. Yeah. Uh, that can start, it doesn't have to be exactly what the job you're looking for, but that shows who you are. Um, Obviously, your your standard CV stuff, um, and I like a photograph. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, oh no, you don't put photographs on you. I was like, no, Who why are not? These people. That's what I'm well, well, this is from 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, there was a whole thing about um, this is before all the gender equality stuff. Yeah. That was more the, you know, you don't put a picture on because people only hire pretty people and like yeah. oh, a bunch of stuff. And, and it's because then it becomes subjective as well. But it is subjective in the end, no matter exactly. what. Exactly. So. <laughs> and um. also, if you're interviewing people, yeah. it's so much easier to like know who they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean... <laughs> it, or you yeah. just have a hashtag on each person. Like, okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that... And then, yeah, then just showing good examples, but, but not just showing like an image. Oh. You know, I would put the results you know um if if it was a a concept that had pr you know give some links instead of going got great pr exposure you know you don't and also people are lazy so like hyperlink everything and make Mm -hmm. sure that the stuff's there yeah um that's my that's my main suggestion i think that's awesome cool so next step is to Working with CV again, I guess. Whoop, whoop. Uh, yeah. But there it's are, fun there are companies. There are companies uh, that I've read about now that currently tries to get away from all these 
CV things that mm. like you have all these fancy schools and they focus more about you mm. in yeah. person. I think it's and like that's it, how it should be. My personal opinion, I would say, Finally. I, would, I would hire somebody <laughs> who I think is fun or interesting or cool. Like, yeah. As long as they're passionate about it, I think they'll get it done. Um, and it seems like they have a work, good work ethic. Then uh, it's not as important. Sure, sure, skills get you somewhere, but mm. in the end, is what you produce yeah. and how you produce it with people. Um, and also, yeah, I mean, like awards and things. Sure, if you have them, that's great. Um, they're fantastic for client relationships. Yeah, because mm. the clients want that. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that it's a necessity by any means. If you don't have, if you haven't won any awards for anything, it kind of means the company you work that didn't want to pay five thousand crowns to be part of an award scheme. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> so that's what it <sighs> is. <huh? laughs> I've been a judge before, yeah. and it's insane. So I judged the um, it's called the Design Week Marketing Awards, and uh, it's not the the most glitzy. You know, it's mm. it's more sort of hardcore marketing stuff but we went through maybe 200 um at least submissions um for 11 different categories and it was, it was quite a, a process um but you could see that the more famous agencies this was their kind of oh well we might as well throw it into that award too and didn't really you know it was it was badly put together and it's just like the whereas kind of the smaller agencies who and really invested in wanting to have an award perfect presentations and everything you know annotated and appendices you know so you could really tell how companies approach their awards is fascinating yeah. cool all right um, i think it's time to round off a bit um if people want to come in contact with you or collaborate, maybe future collaborations, where should they check you out? Uh, I think uh, Twitter. Twitter? Yeah. Jenny Thielen, just okay. my name. Uh, or my website, which is studiothielen.com. Cool. Uh, it's probably the easiest way. But I think I'm, I'm quite out there on the interwebs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just Googling my name, should there should be one way or another to contact me. I have realized I've got too many websites and I need to do something about that. <laughs> I had a, a stepfather mm-hmm. of a boyfriend from 14 years ago mm-hmm. call me last week, not remembering who it was at first. I'm like, oh, Trevor, yeah, I know who you are. Yeah. Anyway, um, who had found me through one of my old websites somewhere and I did their, um, their logo for a dental practice like ages ago and it's kind of like it's you kind of want to keep those websites there yeah um for reasons like this you could have some new business or an old friend or whatever contact you but um but yeah it's maybe time to so that's a new hoarding of the future websites probably (laughs) (laughs) but um if you guys want to continue this discussion um we've got a twitter up now called talks at talks hyper Mm-hmm. Fortunately, HyperTalks was taken. Otherwise, <laughs> you can uh, talk to me, uh, Chris, um, at Cable Limlin. Yeah. And Carl? Uh, Carl Logger, uh, SC. They yeah. have some social media stuff as well. Cool. And yeah. we have the official uh, Hyper Island uh, Instagram account now. Yes, yeah. our, our class ba- just ba- took it over. <coughs> hijacking it. Yeah. Yes. So you should take a picture of this room. 
Definitely. We should. It's going to come up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll check out question. Do you guys have anything? What typeface are you feeling Ooh. like right now? Oh. Um. That doesn't come to sense. <laughs> no. No, I'm going to say impact. <laughs> impact. <laughs> Good one. Good one. I'm going for Ariel. The most boring ever. I mean, all black clothing. And <laughs> no makeup today. No, no makeup. No glitter. I'm <laughs> Sneakers. Uh, I'm gonna go with Georgia. I don't know why. I just feel like it. It feels like one of those relatively professional things I use in my emails. <laughs> That's right. Check it out. Check Thank it you. out. Thank yeah. you. Hyper talks. Hyper Talks. Hyper Talks. Hyper Talks.